welcome to Church and Other Drugs. What, what, what? This is Jay. Wow, this is Jed. Is this, is this the Jay that just dropped four colon four four? This is not that Jay. This is Jay that's on vacation, Jay. Oh, uh, uh, what, what? You lucky. Did you listen to, um, wait, is it, it 444? I did. It, yeah, people are saying 444. Um, I did listen. Not I will that good. Say, Not that yeah, good. Didn't do it for me. I was super hyped too because we haven't heard anything since Magna Carta, so it's been like a, a long time. And Jay Z for a long time was my favorite rapper, and I uh, I have to say was not impressed. It didn't do it for me. Full, it full, didn't do it. For me. Full disclosure: the only reason I downloaded it was so that I could take a screenshot of it and send it to Jay. Like I did with with uh, Kendrick Lamar, just because everyone's said, like, no, nobody can get it. And I was like, oh, I can get it. And, uh, yeah. Well, that means it. like, yeah, I actually did like a title um, free trial. And then I was like, what? Only for Sprint subscribers? I was so pissed. Yeah. That... Which I think may have like raised the bar to for me. Like this album better be incredible because... I've had to wait, and I waited, and I listened. I listened to it three times, all the way through. I, oh yeah. Oh wow. I listened to so it you really wanted to like job. it. Yeah, I I did, and I just uh, and I just don't. And it turns out I just don't. Yeah. Right. It was. I so have to say, like, he raps the same. He's the same. He has the same sound over new beats, like the same sound that he's had since the Black album, which I love. But, but it's just music has changed, times have changed, things have changed, and it's just Jay Z has not. That's right. Exactly. Which so, is so funny because one of his most famous lines is like, "If you want the old Jay Z, buy my old shit," and it's like, well, or you could buy your new shit, and it just sounds exactly <laughs> the same. <laughs> Shots uh, fired from uh, the real Jay. That's right. Um. Okay. So. My good two of my good friends actually. One of my friends just made a year, um, which was awesome, and then my other friend just made two years. So I listened to them speak two years sober. And, Congrats, uh, other mystery friends of yeah, Jed's. One of them, um, Chance. I'll give you the shout out. He's a congregation member. What up, Chance? Not the rapper. I think I made that joke every time, but I I know I have made that joke. At least it's once. too easy. It's a it's a softball. It's a lob. You know, it's gonna knock That's it out. Right. Oh, we can do better than that, Jed. We can. I believe in us. Um, I guess with him, there are second chances. Uh? Huh? Uh? Oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, and I heard my probably top ten, number one, most annoying thing I hear at meetings. Okay, shoot. My, what is it, uh... My best day using, or no, 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 my my worst day sober is better than my best day using. That's some bullshit. That is That's some just... bullshit. That is, and, and like every, every, uh, I'll say it again, my, my best day sober, or no, my worst day sober is better than my best day using. No, it's not. False. No, it is not. False. False, false, false. dude. Like, no, false. So I will say, false. like, my life is way better on a whole yes. than I was when I was using. Yes. My best day sober is better than my best day using. But yes, like very good. Yes. Okay. But, Agree. 
but I had some pretty good – I've had some real shit days in sobriety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so, exceptionally uh, shitty days in sobriety. Like, really like, fucked up like, happened in sobriety. Yeah, yeah. That, that's like – okay, so the day um, my friend died and my car broke down was better than when I was tripping acid watching Muse play when the sun going down at Lollapalooza. Like, no. Fuck. Yeah, it just off. wasn't, dude. It just wasn't. Like you know, I mean, I get. Yeah. I but and it's just one of those things that like people say because it sounds like poignant and like, yeah, you know, it's yeah. like, but dude, come on, quit, quit your bullshit. We can we can be honest and real. Yeah, at the same dude. Time. Like I and still be... and still carry a valid message. Right. Like we don't have to bullshit ourselves. I, I think it makes the message more valid because there's some like I know there's some people in treatment sitting there like. Oh, disagree, sir. Disagree. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I'm sitting in rehab on a Friday night. <laughs> this is not right. very cool. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's like the um, yeah, like the Daniel Tosh. My my worst day fishing is better than my best day, whatever. And he's like, nah, bullshit. I've se- <laughs> I've seen deadliest catch. <laughs> uh, um, bullshit. Oh, and the, the other and the other classic is so you only get, you know, um, there was like three people picking up that night, and so you know, with the introduction and starting the meeting, you only get like twenty fifteen minutes a person, right? Okay. And then you got the person introducing the speaker that always says, "No, I'm not going to take up too much of his time." And then proceeds to take up all, up all of his time, like, and has his yeah. own little all about me monologue. I, I was just gonna say, dude, when people are are giving other people tokens and they're like, "Let me tell you all about me," yeah, 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 yeah. and what impact like I've had on their life. Because it's because it's because it, let me tell you, it's extraordinary. It was the most impact in the world. <laughs> Nobody can see, but I did. It's I, doing the Trump voice just makes me instinctively do the like uh, the making tiny a hands? circle. Yeah, yeah, I'm making a circle with my hands and pointing with my three fingers. You can't it's, see, but Jed makes his hands like extraordinarily small. I, I T Rexed up. I T Rexed. That's up. right. That's yeah. right. Uh, oh, <laughs> so do you have? Well, I'm sure you do. But uh, what's your Jehovah's Witness? Uh, population oh, like I in Charleston. Just, I'd um, um I'd say not a lot. I mean we're deep we're like fully Southern Baptist land here. I know you guys are lots of Catholics. Yeah. But we're like super Southern Baptist land as you know. Um so not a whole lot of Jehovah's Witness, but I'll tell you, like when they come and ring my doorbell and I see it's Jehovah's Witness, I get amped, son. Dude, they're good people. I have they're awesome. I have had this scenario go down i knock on the door i peek through the blinds as jehovah's witness and there and then they hear me scream hold on i just gotta get some pants on don't leave i'm coming i'm coming i run and scamper to get my pants on to talk to them about god and all that stuff around here the thing they do is they post up at um all the popular gas stations for all the construction crews there's like three like key gas stations that everyone pretty much congregates did, at, and there's did like so, did somebody did they have like a meeting and they're like y'all you know what population is ripe the construction I, they have they had it's 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 very strategic 
I mean, it's it's good. <laughs> it's saying. it's good strategery, but it is strategery <laughs> nonetheless. But this this guy, like, just he just. I'll use a, a southern euphem, euphemism, and he tickled me pink with this one. I mean, he just. Uh-huh. Uh I was getting my coffee and like I'm not awake and I just see this plump, you know, happy portly little African American man just scamper up to me and just go He sounded exactly like Cleveland from Family Guy and it, like his <laughs> his voice did not match his body and he was like, Well here you go, Sonny, here's something for you to read at work today and just handed me the pamphlet and I was <laughs> like, like you have, you have, <laughs> And then he just scampered off. Pamphlets. You just like read pamphlets at work. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm talking to my boss. Like, I just wish we had more pamphlets here. Like, I, I would, <laughs> I was, I was just putting that in the suggestion box. More pamphlets, please. We need more pamphlets. I have a fever. And the, the only, only prescription is more pamphlets. That's right. That's right. But I gave him an A for effort for sure. You didn't um, talk to him. You didn't talk to him at well, all. Th- well, this is the thing, dude. He just he like shot his shot his load and ran off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like which which was which was way more effective than if he would have cornered me and be like, "I want you to read it right now and let's have a discussion about it." Like he was just like, "Here you go. Here's something to read." And then I what? always want to have a have a discussion with them because I always have like very pointed questions that because they run in they generally run in pairs, right? Like one that kind of knows more oh, yeah. about oh, yeah. their the- theological views and then like a newbie. And so I'll ask and like the, you can see like the, the gears turning in the newbie's head as I'm like asking these questions that they, neither of them can answer. They, so they're always- usually pretty, pretty ready, like ready to rock with their, well, that's Mormons. Mormons are good. Mm-hmm. Dude. Like, Mormons are, Mormons are, well, there's... I don't know. I've had the same experience with Mormons too. The the Mormons I've encountered, dude, like knew their shit. Like, yeah, maybe you just got better Mormons than me. I oh, got that's tons the other of thing. Bad... When I was in California, when yeah, I lived in California, there's lots of Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses actually. Baton Rouge has a massive Mormon population. No, for real. Yeah, I was like really good friends with um, this Mormon chick. Uh, I was about to say when I was in college, but I was in rehab. They were in college. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah i'd always go to like the uh the mormon student center they were always just playing like like it was like a hundred mormon kids playing board games like always settlers of Catan, i bet no never played that cones really? of cones of dunshire was uh <laughs> <laughs> that's not a real thing yes it is it's Parts it's real if it's in your mind yeah i think uh I think we're about to start playing Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, uh, what? If I had that, sounds so rad. I it, have, that is uh, not the. I, ex- I expected a, lamb- a lambasting from that. That is not the answer oh, no. I expected. I'm super into fantasy and sci fi and stuff, dude. I love mm. that. I love that shit. Interesting. But, um, Wiley, who's been on this podcast, the Southern Bisexual Jew, go listen to the episode he's an incredible guy he's a huge D D player is he that makes oh, yeah, yeah. Mm, right on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you know who's mm-hmm. also a huge D player jake lord who's that jake lord's my friend is he you heard yeah. it here first folks 
Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but we're going to go with authoritatively <laughs> stating yes. He is a 17th level dungeon master. Um, That's right. You know, Vin Diesel is massively into D&D. Anyway, I'm going to... Is he really? That's, oh, yeah, yeah, like that movie, The Last Witch Hunter, is based on his D&D character. What? No, no shit. That's kind of weird. Anyway. Hey, man. Jake Lures. Jake Lures. Also known as Agnor of the... <laughs> <laughs> I need to work on my fantasy improv. Agnor yeah. of the Clandathu clan. Anyway, he's a lead singer of August Burns Red. Um, he's an old high school friend of ours, and he graciously stopped by to talk about stuff. Jay had to miss this one again. It's all good, though. It's all gravy. He's on vacation, yes. y'all. He's on vacation. I'm on vacation. He's a, what do you want from me? He's a hard-working man. He works hard for the money. It's raining men, all that good stuff. Uh, here, we, here we go, though. Jake Lords, August Burns Red. good where you life at? is really good where are you at? um right now i'm at home um we just got back from let's see we just got back from alaska and then we did like a festival over in in um in canada and quebec and then um i was on this uh year's work tour for a week just with uh, my nonprofit, and now i'm home We've got a music video we're trying to work out. We just wrapped up our, our next album, our seventh record. and that, um, that seems like a really quick turnaround. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's definitely a lot of work. There's a lot of pressure. A few months ago, I was not a sane person. But now that that's over, where was, uh, I feel much better. Where was the pressure from? Well, the pressure is from the fact that if you release a, a, a poor album, that you don't have a job. Well, right. so, well, I meant as far as like, I don't know if like someone was pressuring you <laughs> for time to push it out or if it's just like oh, self-imposed pressure. No. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a, there's a process and, and we did, we were a little behind schedule, but we ended up, um, you know, everything ended up being fine. Um, but yeah, just the pressure of like, Hey, you know, this is your next record and, you know, depending on, on what you write and, um, you know, how the process goes. You know, maybe you're, you know, people get tired of it or it's not a good album or people can't connect with it. And then all of a sudden you're, you're in deep water. But I actually feel like this is probably one of the more mature uh, records that ABR has put out. And um, I feel really good about it. I feel like um, the lyrical content is really mature and the writing. Uh, the last record, I feel like a lot of the writing was, you know, certain parts were written at like kind of out of left field. 
Um, but I feel like this record as a whole just feels uh, unified. I feel like every song is is almost like a concept is, or almost. Yeah, we don't do concept records, but yes, it's very much like it's very much like that. You're right. Yeah, um, that's how it feels, anyways, to me. So I'm really looking forward to it being um, released and and you know, but uh, but yeah, we're just staying busy, man. Uh, we're we're gonna go to Europe um, and the UK coming up here. August, or excuse me, uh, July 27th to August 28th or 29th, I think. Dude, that's so we'll be out there for a while. That's got to be nice. It, it is. I mean, it's cool because, you know, you get to see the world and culture and different lifestyles. and um, But at the same time, you know, it's work and, and you're away from, you know, the people that you love. And, um, you know, sometimes it's it's a challenge to try to live a normal life with 12 or 13 dudes on a bus you know what I mean? oh i'm sure uh, i'm sure yeah well yeah well let's uh let's back up so i want to talk like so i knew you way before in a different time like when we were both kids in high school um yep and so when i left high school the the jake i knew was absolutely not a christian that was yep. like number one um hard partying and just like hanging out with the crowd you know, this is all right. This is the funny story. So, what happened was the the only like the way I found out about it was I was in rehab, and mm. uh, I think it was the video for Up Against the Ropes came on to MTV Two, and I was like, "What in the hell?" And I was <laughs> like, and I had to be like, "Hey, you guys, like I know that guy," and everyone's like, "Sure, Jed, <laughs> yeah, okay, everybody knows everybody in here, buddy." And I was like, "No, you don't understand. I really do know him." But, um, and so then I saw you in New Orleans and, um, cause I was like, I gotta, I gotta see for myself, like if this is, you know, cause I was like, that's a Christian band and I didn't know, you know, so mm-hmm. what, and when I, I saw you, I was like, oh, this is actually like le- legit. So that, my question was like, so what happened? How did that, how did you get saved or whatever you want to call it? Sure. Uh, man, I was, I think I was. 20 yeah i was 20 um and basically you remember she walks in beauty oh yeah um so after that band broke up i pretty much just plummeted and was like super depressed and just felt like uh life was pretty much you know empty and um was just in a very negative space in a very lonely lonely place and um you know, as you had said, like I wasn't a fan of Jesus, and I and I definitely was not a fan of church. Um, but I was I was painting a house, and um, I I stepped outside. I was smoking a cigarette. I stepped outside, and I thought I'd been thinking about committing suicide and just what that would look like, and just uh, felt you know that that was maybe possibly a a, a way to go. Right. Um, and so I just, you know, I just prayed. I said, you know, Jesus, if you're real, which I don't think you are, um, <laughs> you know, it's you can have my heart because if you don't want it, well, sure, no one else is going to want it. You know, like you're supposed to be this loving, unconditional, loving God that accepts everyone. But if you don't even really exist and you're not even here, then what's really the point? And there is no hell and it's really not going to be a problem. Um and pretty much right after I invited him into my heart, it just uh, completely, um, it just something like kind of yeah. overcame me. Did you have like a, a white light experience, so to speak? 
I don't know if it's a white. I, no, I wouldn't say that. I, I, it was more of a. Hmm. It's really hard to explain, but it yeah, it was right. uh, very very refreshing and like lifted all this weight off my shoulders and I started crying and smiling and laughing. It was really, really weird. Um, but it was obviously a good thing. And, you know, I mean, I was still stuck with the same situation. I mean, I was still sleeping around. I was still drinking a lot. I was still, uh, you know, stuck in this place, but I wasn't alone, you know? Um, and I knew that things were going to change. I just didn't know how, when or where, you know, um, and then I'd say probably about six to eight months later, my buddy um, told me about Thrill Seeker from August Burns Red, and I w- and I listened to that record and I thought it was really really good. And then he he um, um, texted me two weeks after we listened to the record together and told me he said, "Look, man, you know, these guys are looking for a front man. You should, uh, you know, you should try out." So I sent him some She Walks in Beauty stuff. And then they called me two or three days later. I quit my job. I got in my 89 hatchback Honda Civic and drove up there, tried out. And then I was, I tried out for that band for six months until I became an official member. (laughs) Um, And I really just never went home. They just like, kind of like you were on contract essentially. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of like, yo dude, we're going to basically what happened was they were like, all right, you're going to, we're going to try you out and on this tour. And so after that tour, Matt would be like, man, I really like this guy. I'm like, Jake's a really great guy. And JB would say, eh, I, don't really, I don't really like him that much. I don't think we're really meshing together. So then would be like, all right, let's try him again for another tour. So they gave me another tour and come back. And JB would be like, Matt, I like him. You're right. He's a great guy. He's really solid. And then Matt would go, uh, now I'm not really a fan of him. You know, it's like bickering back and forth. They just, you know, they couldn't really decide. It's a big decision. I mean, your front man yeah, is uh, a... Yeah, that's a make or know, break type thing. Right, right. So, you know, I understood. And, and, you know, a lot of people were telling me, man, hey, you know, quit. Like, jump, jump ship, man. They're just using you until they find somebody else. And I just really felt like the Lord was telling me not to do that and just to stick with it. And I did. And I was patient and... Um, here I am. So, you know, were they? Is so? Is everybody in that in your band Christian? No. Oh, okay. Um, we started out that way. Um, but some some people have you know chose not to to have faith in in Christ any longer, and um, yeah, that, which is it's interesting. Good. Like it seemed like like we all kind of grew up in the in the under oath tooth and nail heyday and like so the christian music quote unquote became like super marketable and super popular and then it seemed mm-hmm. like in the last i don't know 5 years or so like it seemed like david bazan started it when he was like i'm not a christian anymore and then like more and more just came out like oh i'm not a christian or i never really was or i didn't really believe or so like when you mm-hmm. joined being like freshly Christian, was there like expectations of how you would behave? And like, did y'all have like tour rules or what was like the atmosphere, I guess? Or was it just kind of like y'all just young dudes and it's just whatever? Yeah, it was pretty much you young dudes and just whatever. Uh, I mean, you know, obviously, I mean, we, we just never were that type of guy. Like we're just not that type of guys like to, to go around sleeping around with a bunch of chicks. I mean, you know, I definitely, we definitely, you know, party and stuff, but it wasn't anything that was ridiculous. You know what I mean? Or like crazy out of hand. Um, right. I think the craziest guy in the group was me. Um, <laughs> you know, um, and, 
and you know coming from a from a, a background where you know I didn't know even how to pray I got really poor poor education um starting out you know in elementary school and just wasn't very good at I just wasn't good at school so it was hard for me to even like comprehend or read or digest a book you know um so I pretty much did that and learned a lot of that on my own but I did say during tryouts you know I said, look, I, I'm, I'm fine to be your front man, um, but you need to teach me about Jesus because I don't, I don't know anything about him. Um, and Matt, my drummer, kind of took me under his wing and, and really we would have, you know, a lot of long conversations and a lot of talks about Christ. And, you know, I'd question a lot of things and he'd try to give me his best answers he could. And then, you know, I really latched on to um, podcasts and books, you know, I'm, um, Matt Chandler, Tim, yeah. Tim Keller, Mark Driscoll, Justin Holcomb, um, you know, a little bit of Piper. I'm not a huge fan, uh, but some of his stuff I, I enjoy. And so, you know, just <clears throat> um, that kind of became became my church, and uh, and that's pretty much where it led. And um, you know, now I'm, I'm kind of contemplating if I'm gonna um, go to seminary. There's um, Gordon really? Conwell. Yeah, um, that's something that's been on my heart for five to seven years, uh-huh. and it's just been something where it's like I put it on the back burner. My life has has made some crazy twists and turns, um, but then, right when I was like, eh, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to pursue that." It kind of crept back in. So I'm really trying to. I'm, I don't know if this is like what God wants for me. Um, so I'm just gonna. You know, sign up for a couple courses, see how that works, and um, and see where I feel that's leading me. And if it's leading me somewhere, cool. If not, you know, at least I give it a shot. Yeah, yeah. Like go for like your MDiv or something, like Master's of Divinity, or go for mm-hmm. preaching, something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is something, um, because I'm just I like always input myself into situations, but I'm also like officially a drug addict so it might be different but i've always it, even in my small very small time in a band the like the temptation just on that level was insane so like i, I can imagine extrapolating that to like an actual success like how do you deal with like women throwing themselves at you what what and if there was like a drug scene like basically like how does a budding Christian deal with everything the world has to offer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Well, let's get something straight. I mean, you know, no matter how hard I try not to do something of something, I'm probably fucking around with something else. You know what I mean? Right. Like, cause I'm, I'm a fleshly dude. Yeah. Um, so like, I, I mean, I never technically slept with, uh, with girls on tour. I've, I've definitely, you know, messed around with girls on tour before, but um, that was just a rarity for us because none of us are really like that. Like, that's not yeah. something we're trying to do. Um, um, you know, that wasn't really just in our blood. And then none of us do drugs. So, like, that's never been an issue because we don't have the taste for it. Like, I mean, I know I've got friends who do do drugs and, you know, who – who um, have struggled with heroin or cocaine or, you know, pills or whatever. Um, alcohol, but I just, too. We can, we can lump alcohol in there. Oh, yeah. I mean, dude, I – oh, my gosh. I've definitely had my, 
my ups and downs with with booze i mean you know that relationship um you know has been has been a uh, roller coaster ride for me personally um you know because in times like when i went through my divorce i definitely abused alcohol um before i was a christian i abused alcohol I mean, there's been times throughout my life where that's been a crutch for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so is pornography. I mean, that's been a crutch for me too. If I feel insecure or lonely or, or, you know, I don't know, anxious or worried or whatever. I mean, you know, that's usually what what happens. But, you know, that's something that I think is like a, you know, comes in waves. Um, but as far as like you know, being peer pressured or, you know, girl, I mean, girls don't really throw themselves at us because they, they know, and they definitely know that I am a Christian. So it's like, I think that that's a turnoff for them. Um, plus we're not really looking for it. Like, I'm sure if I, you know, it's like, if you're looking for that, you can find it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, but that's not, again, that's just not our style. And, um, I mean the guys that I'm with, man, I mean, they were raised, you know, with, with, uh, healthy atmospheres and, and, and solid support systems and, and good family ties. So, you know, these guys are, are not your average, Hey, let's go out and, you know, chase tail and party, party it up. You know, it's, it's more <laughs> like, this is a business. We're professionals. We're going to go in there and, you know, um, show people, uh, why we're, you know, the best. And that was kind of more so our mentality and is our mentality. That's what's up. Did you see a lot of, uh, did you like have any close friends in any other bands or did you see any um, r- like wreckage of fame or whatever you want to call it? Oh, of course. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to name any names, but there's, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, there's countless times where uh, there's crisis on, on the road. I mean, you know, I think it's something like 50% of artists struggle with depression. Yeah. So, you know, there's a reason why you're an artist. There's a reason why you bleed on paper. Um, and those types of mentality, th- those types of people, uh, tend to have addictive personalities. Um, so, and again, like I said, like we're talking about dudes on tour, think about just your average dude. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah, exactly. there's stuff that, that, that they're addicted to, whether it's a drug or whatever, you know, it's, it's worship. I mean, you know, idolatry. Yeah. I mean, um, yep. so it's what I experience is what everybody experiences. I guess maybe perhaps I'm just in a different environment where there's other types of uh, idols or, or addictions. But um, but yeah, I mean, I've seen that, you know, wreck tons of people, um, you know, but there's always there's always an opportunity for God to move. There's always an opportunity for them to find healing or to, you know, confront their, their addiction or their struggle. Um, and you know, a lot of times I'm, you know, used as a tool to, to help in those areas, you know? Um, so it's cool that I get to, um, you know, be used as a, as, as encouragement or as a tool for someone to get, get healthy, you know? Right. How, so how is, so how's your faith changed like through this life? And I'm, I'm sure when did you get divorced? Uh, three years ago. Um, how, yeah, I'm trying to narrow it down to specifically, but from your first encounter, like, have there been any like 
major epiphanies? Like what has God been showing you? Like how, well, how does your faith look today as compared to then? And what is, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just got married. So, you know, and it's already, you know, the anxiety of, uh, the worry of, I don't know if everybody does it, but like backup plans, like what would happen if I got divorced and, you know, I want to do everything I can to not let that happen. And I don't know what's so, what's your faith look like these days? Sure. Uh, it's very much like, um, I mean, I rely on God for, for everything. Uh, and it's, you know, when I was going through my divorce, I mean, I was, you know, cursing at him and I was like, yo, come down here and let's, let's really fight. Let's fight, you know? Um, but there's been several encounters with God where, um, he's spoken to me and done things in my life that only he could have done because there were visions that were telling me what was going to happen. And then a year later, that exact same thing happened like to the T dreams or like, like, no, just like, like a vision, like while I'm awake, a vision. Uh, so then there's been other things. I mean, you know, my, my knuckles say your life, which was what my nonprofit's original name was called your life ministries. Uh, now it's called heart support and God gave me that vision to a T. Um, and then Hmm. I created it and now it's, now I have five full-time employees and it's been around for seven to eight years. Uh, you know, we, we, I mean, we have about 20,000 people coming to the site a month. We just released a book on self-harm that we wrote, and we have our own six-step program for um, finding healing from past wounds. I mean, it's been uh, um, it's moved mountains. It's 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 helped uh, many many people in the music scene. So you know that was something that God gave me a vision of, and I just took it and and with Him, you know, have have been able to make it a reality. So, uh, but 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 it's very much so honest and real um i don't beat around the bullshit where it's like oh man like uh because i came i became a very legalistic and religious christian yeah when i was studying theology and arminianism and calvinism and um where do you land doctrine i don't land with either of them i think they're both childish little boys and god's laughing the entire ride home Ooh, go um, on that. yeah i'd rather not <laughs> okay it's gonna be a long one um but um, I do love God. I do love Jesus. I do believe um, that God exists and can move people. I believe, honestly, that people just want love, and the only real love that they're going to be able to ultimately find that with is with the one who created them. Um, But with that being said, that love is so powerful that it's been able to help me love people who have very, very much so hurt me, um, forgive people who Hmm. without his love, I would not have been able to forgive. And then also accept people that without that love, I would not accept. Um, so this love that I've reached and found has brought me much peace because I've realized that I don't need people. Um, you Hmm. know, I, I would love a wife, but, um, um, I've realized over this time that, you know, I'm not going to, uh, a woman will not satiate my love. Okay. My, my desire to, to feel love. Now she can embody that unconditional love, but ultimately I believe that that's from the Holy spirit. And I, and I feel like that's from God and God gives us 
opportunities to walk in that love. Um, and so I choose to do that when uh, my friend is putting a needle in his arm. I choose to do that when I meet girls that have been um, sexually assaulted. I choose that love when I'm talking to a guy who just told me that he sexually assaults people. I choose that mm. love when, you know, um, in, in the moments where maybe my, my, my belief system or maybe, maybe the uh, biblical scriptures um, speak and say, oh, well, that's not, you know, correct. I'm still going to love those people or that person, even if they're going through sin or they're walking in a sin because I'm a sinner. Um, and, um, I make mistakes, you know, um, but I'm forgiven and I'm loved, um, unconditionally. So my job isn't necessarily to judge anyone. My job is to love, um, everyone. Talk about, Um, talk about a tough job too, though. But yeah, I know I completely agree. What, um, this is just a, a, a question I like to ask every, I like I've been collecting research on this one because this is what's been coming up in my life so much lately. So what do you do just personally when you go through the dark night of the soul or whatever when you just like don't feel God? I'm assuming you have those times. Yes. Okay. What's um, what's your uh, go to in those times? My go to when I don't feel God. Oh man. Um. Well, that usually those times for me tend to be long it's like it's like walking through the desert yeah. um you yeah. know what i mean it's not it's not like oh man i didn't feel god on tuesday but he he showed up on third uh it's like hey man you're gonna <laughs> yeah you know, i'm in one of those right now i feel like yeah um we're gonna i feel like it's like hey man we're gonna we're gonna do some work right now um and so so let me explain something to you so when i was going through my divorce um I, I had to, I was so depressed and I was so upset and ashamed, um, that I had to tell heart support. I told my right hand, Ben Sledge, I said, Hey man, I'm going to need to take some time off from heart support. I can't love people because I don't even love myself right now. Um, and then I was home from tour for about two, three months and God told me, he goes, um, he goes, Hey, um, you're not you don't lead a ministry right now. So you can't find your identity in that. He said, um, you're not a husband anymore. So you can't find your identity in that. He said, and right now you're not the lead singer of August runs red. So you can't find your identity in that. So you have nothing to stand on. Um, so now we have to start from the beginning. You and me, you know, let me be your foundation. Um, and stop trying to find yourself in all these things that you've accomplished or successes. Um, and that's where pretty much that legalistic me um, mm-hmm. fell to the ground on his knees and just was there and weeping because I had nothing. I was, I was very insecure. I was, um, so we went through this process, but that was, a, that was a process where it was like, hey, you're going you're gonna to have to go through some really, really um, a tough step here. Um, and one of those steps was, I feel at, at, in this moment was not hearing from God so that I had to just continue just to rely on my faith. Mm. 
Yeah, you great. know, it's like, it's like, dude, that's what my faith is. And now we're going to see how strong it is. Because that, you know, if, if I were to hear from God all the time, well, now I'm going to get comfortable and I'm going to um, think that that's just the way it's going to be now. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and just like, um, yeah. just like any relationship, um, if I were to take your wife away from you and, 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 and fly her to Egypt and say, you can't speak to her for six months, right? Right. Um, or have any contact with her, you're going to cherish the moments that you had before, correct? And you're going to really look forward to the moments that you're going to have in six months from now. And then when you reunite with her, you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. I love you. I love you. I love you. But if she's around all the time, what what is the natural thing for humans to do? We get Damn, we get comfortable. Yeah. We get comfortable. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. get, you know, if I heard from the Holy Spirit exactly what I wanted to hear or exactly every time I, I cried out to the Holy Spirit, my faith would be nothing. And yeah, I would, would get yeah. very yeah. comfortable. Right? Yeah, it's not faith if I know absolutely, right? Right. Yeah. And and um, I'm going to start to get relaxed and comfortable and take advantage or start to um, disrespect, you know? So so sometimes, um, you know, there's reasons for things that I don't understand. But what I do know is that I'm a man of God. I love God. He has loved me this entire time. He has never left me. Um, and, uh, my faith is in him. And every time I've looked towards him, uh, things have worked. So yeah. in the moments when I don't hear him, I don't think to myself that he doesn't exist or that he doesn't like me or love me. I understand that, okay, this is a moment where I must have faith and I must continue well, and, 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 and grow. I think, I think you nailed it when you, and I wish I, I've been trying to get to a place like this, but th- this is when my legalism, legalism kicks in. And so I'm going through a mental checklist of like, okay, is there like a specific sin or something that's in my way? Is there some sort of like formulaic mm-hmm. thing I need to do to get back into, you know what I'm saying? And I, I think yeah. part of it with me is, and I've said it before, is that I'm used to, I'm so used to um, heavy, like because, you know, with, with drugs and then just, I'm into intense feelings and intense passionate things. And so like, I, I think sometimes I desire a God that, that gives me a rush almost sometimes, you know, like you can feel it tangibly and stuff. And I think it's, it's me just growing out of that. But okay. But yeah, yeah, man, that was, that was some good stuff. I, the best one I heard also is, uh, I think it was Philip Yancey was saying like the best compliment you can pay to a friend is to be able to sit in silence in a room together like with just absolute trust mm. with one another. I like that one mm-hmm. as well. Um, well, I'd like to mention or just add to this. You said, well, you know, I'm tr- your legalistic mind goes, well, is there something I'm not doing? Is there something I'm not checking off? Right. Okay. Right. You just, you just said your problem. Your that's your problem. Uh, is Ooh. that you're looking for, <laughs> you're looking for things and you have this, this process. Okay. That this legalistic process in, in, about how you connect with God, that's getting in the way of him just being your dad. You know, like, I don't want you working. I want you resting. I don't, you know what I mean? I want you, mm. I want you at peace. I, I want to talk to you. I don't, like, put the shovel down. You're not listening to me. Put the shovel down. And so you're going, yeah, man, what am I not doing? Well, what you're not doing is you're not putting down this checklist. 
yeah. this legalistic thing. And <laughs> yeah, it's like God just wants to yeah. uh, be with you, man. He just wants to be with you. He doesn't. He doesn't need you to do anything. He doesn't. He doesn't want you to do anything. Um, and that's something that I've looked into because okay, I have a nice apartment. I am, uh, you know, very. I'm very successful. Um, I, you know, have. Uh, some money in the bank. I have a nice car. I've got great friends. I've got a beautiful little French bulldog. Um, <laughs> he's cute as all hell. Um, and, but, but I'm struggling. I'm hurting. Um, and so people would go, well, well, this guy's life is really great. So what's wrong? You know, it's a heart thing. Mm-hmm. I have a heart, a heart, a heart issue. So I don't need religion. I need God. I don't need money. I need God. I don't need a car, an apartment, these great friends, all the success. I need God, right? Because right. ultimately that's the only thing that's going to help heal me from from what's hurting in my heart, right? So I go on walks and I talk to God. I'll go to a pond and I'll go talk to God. I'll I'll just lay in my bed and talk to God. I'll sing to God in the shower. I'll you know what I mean? I'll do these types of relationship things, relational. Um, God's a God of relationship, correct? I mean, he's yeah. that's what people are. Um, that's what we all crave. Um, so that's what he wants. Uh, he doesn't want me to read a, a, a book on doctrine and theology. Uh, he wants me to talk Ooh. to him and, yeah. and, and listen to his voice, you know? So Absolutely. Um, let's not become heretics. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's man, it's 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 that age old. Yeah, it's just the natural, uh, the natural urge of man, I guess, is like earning, earning. I have to do something, and that's the paradox of of Christ. Is that like you can't do it, therefore I will do it. Therefore you don't have to do it. Right. But so, and how, you don't deserve it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Amen to that, dude. Yeah. So how did heart support come together then? How did so you got this vision? How did it congeal? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, man, it was like we were in Chicago. This was when we went out on tour with uh, A Day to Remember. And we played two sold-out shows back-to-back at House of Blues in Chicago. So the first night, I get done with the show, and I'm just talking to God outside. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, thank you so much. Like, this is insane. Like, this life that you've given me, my dream has come true, like – and I've got all these fans, and I'm and I'm on stage, you know, and this is so exciting. I'm like, God, but like, there's all these fans, and I'm talking to them on, at the merch table every night, and they're telling me these horrifying stories or these these things that have been done to them, or things that they're doing to themselves, and but but that are but that my lyrics are a glimpse of hope or or a word of encouragement or led them to Jesus or whatever. And I said, God, what like what can I do to give back to you to honor you and to give back to these people? And so that's when your life ministries, AKA heart support was started because he gave me the vision. I was writing them down on paper from like midnight till about four in the morning. Um, and then I was like, all right, God, what do you want to call this? And he said, your life. And he said, your life, because your life matters. That's the life I want. I want your life, you know? And that's when you're telling people your life, it's, it's, it's them. I want right. them. So I was like, okay, cool. So <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> Sweet, God, thanks. Uh, yeah, thanks, God. Cheers. Um, <laughs> and so then turns out Brandon Sharp. Do you remember him? Brandon I Sharp? do. Yeah. yeah. So that dude moved to Chicago. 
and he was a graphic designer and he he had contacted me and said hey man you're playing chicago tomorrow uh you want to meet up for lunch and i said yes i do so we met up for lunch and i grabbed the papers that i had made the notes for what the website was going to entail what i needed to happen and i gave them to to brandon sharp and i gave him 1500 bucks i said i need you to make this website for me um and he did and then i made some really crappy business cards i made some really <laughs> crappy merchandise and every time i would talk to a kid at a show um you know i would uh, and and they were like talking about something serious like sexual assault or self harm or depression or suicidal tendencies or whatever I would give them one of the cards, business cards, and say, hey, go here and talk talk on my forum, my support wall, and other people are going to do this too, and I'll be there, and you know, I'm going to write blogs, and my team's going to write blogs, and that's how it started, and I was speaking at churches, and I was just, you know, doing stuff like that, and then, you know, now it's, um, it's very successful, um, and we're doing a lot of great things with it, so. And so... Yeah, and it definitely caught my attention when um, y'all launched the the six step program. What? Because uh, mm-hmm. that's what with often with um with groups, it's like okay, we got this forum now, but what's some okay? But what do I do this afternoon? You know, what's some practical action I can take? Mm-hmm. Is that like where that kind of spawned out of? Or uh, so I took a twelve step program on resentment. Was it, um, which one was it? Celebrate it's or? A, it's a 12 step for Christians. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So I did that. And then uh, Ben Sledge, my right hand, and Nate Hilpert, uh, those two guys work for me. They they as well did the 12 step programs for different things. I don't remember what they did them for. Um, and we said, well, you know, this really helped us. It's really beneficial. Why don't we make our own six-step program for people in the music scene? And what we'll do is we will, you know, get do interviews with a lot of the musicians in our music scene who, you know, are going to tell their stories, and we'll have a tabletop discussion afterwards discussing their stories and really breaking down, you know, the wound and, you know, um, habits and, and, you know, things like that. And then we'll have a workbook with it. Um, so yeah, we ended up making our own six step program. It's been really successful. Um, for plenty of people, you know, sit, it's really benefited them. There's a couple that were really struggling a lot and then they, they did it together and, um, you know, that kept their relationship, um, whole and, um, oh, they're cool. still together. So that, that was kind of a cool, I mean, there's other testimonies, but there, that, that, that one I really liked a lot because I know that I know the couple, um, that is very cool. Very my, people. So. My uh, my wife and I have a our sobriety dates are one week apart, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Super cool. Um, very good. Yeah, that's kind of what this turned into, also, because me and um, my co-host, like, um, AA, you know, we can't really talk about Jesus in AA because they use the blanket higher power, right? And right. Then when I would go to my church and try to you know, talk to my pastor about shooting heroin. He kind of gave me a blank look. So we kind of realized that, um, there's this kind of in the middle where, um, kind of created our own platform so we can talk about it. And we've gotten, um, yeah, we've gotten really good feedback too. Lots of people 
lots of people to help. I'm actually going in. That's what I'm going for now to be a substance abuse counselor. That's awesome. Yeah. That's um, great. But cool, man. Thanks for, uh, you know, sitting down with me. Of course, dude. And, you know, if there's anything that we can do to, you know, work together down the road, I'd love to. And, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you, man, because that's uh, the, the statistics of people being able to actually get clean of heroin is, is very, oh, very it's, it's uh, slim. Yeah. And um, it takes a really strong person to, to be able to do that, man. And, uh, you know, just as your friend, you know, I'm really, I'm really uh, glad to hear that. Proud of you, and it's cool and very crazy that we both know Jesus. And um, it, that, it's, it's, it is. Man. You know, what it's I mean? really cool. The dude, I was like, it's crazy. I know. It's, it's literally like the farthest. Like I think the the last time I remember hanging out with you was when somebody stole like she walks in beauty's merch money out of your car at a house house party at my house. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Yeah, pretty sure that was. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we found out who that was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I remember, I don't know, man. We used to go to those house, like, house parties and stuff. Oh, and I, I remember trying to fight Marines and stuff. I mean, I was, it was it was a mess. And back then, I was a little tiny twig. But, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> you know. Don't go all Tim Lambesis on us, though, my friend. No, no. That dude's that dude's a friend of mine, man. He's, is uh, he? Yeah, he is. I, Have I you love stayed him. in contact? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is he good? Yeah, yeah, he's good. That's good. Uh, you know, I mean, he's just like just like everybody else, man. You know, um, he's he messed up and he he recognizes that and understands that and uh, you know uh, has made leaps and bounds of changes and you know forgiveness and you know has done his his best to make amends and things and so he's he's doing really well and he's uh, you know um, I w- I was hoping because it's prison can have the effect of it's either gonna embitter you or absolutely like rescue you i had a, a yeah a prison minister calls it uh god's timeout chair and i was like yeah that's pretty uh that's pretty damn accurate yeah but that's, yeah, yeah that's, um, that's that's what's funny like i uh, i don't know if it's i don't know if there's anything to it but it's it's interesting watching like oh some examples like creed uh as early dying, you'll just have these like public rises in Christianity. And then it's like, it's just like a classic case of hubris. And then like, there's just a public fallout and I don't know. And mm. this, it's always good when there's the redemption story at the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's not always the case, but it, it's it, not. It, that's why it's, it's, that's why it's good to hear that, that that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, man, um, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for, for having me on the, uh, on the show and, you know, um, Definitely keep in touch and, you know, um, anytime I'm, are you still living in South Carolina? No, Jordan moved back there. I'm, uh, I'm in Louisiana now. So next time. You are in Louisiana. Yeah. Yeah. So when you, uh, come through New Orleans, I'll come, come say, Hey. All right. Sounds good, man. I appreciate it. dude. Be good, bud. See ya.
But yeah. So, that interview, it did. What? It, it, it blew up. Dude, he really, uh, if I can use this language, he really encouraged my walk, dude. Like, all kidding you may, aside. No, you, may, you may not use that language. Well, what should I say then? He says some real shit. That's what's up. All right. And no, he, you encourage your walk. If that's the thing. That's he the did, thing. man. Well, like. We can roll with each other here. I don't know what you just said. A sphincter says what? <laughs> Not being a sphincter, I wouldn't know. However, a uh, sphincter <laughs> says what? <laughs> um, no, you know how you hear, you know how when you hear truth, your spirit like knows it, you know it in like your gut. You know what oh, I'm saying? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I love when and one of those happens. It's like, I have to, I've noticed that when I'm talking to people, sometimes I have to like step back and really be like, okay, you're having a conversation with this person. Try to absorb like what they're saying. Yeah. Actually listen and not try to it's, just talk next. It's hard, man. It really like, it's really hard. It's really hard. It's exceptionally hard. Yeah. Um, oh my Being God. Perf- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know what else is really hard? You're not. <laughs> Vatican you police have broken this. up a gay orgy at the home of the secretary. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you segued into well, that. Well, dude, I mean, I, we were talking about softballs earlier. If if that gets lobbed it's up, the, I gotta crush it, man. I mean, come on. I feel you. So, I mean, so tell tell give us the deets. Um. The flat, yeah, Vatican police have broken up a gay orgy at the home of the secretary to one of Pope Francis's key advisors. The flat belonged to the Vatican's congregation, not the good congregation, the Vatican's congregation, for the Jeez. doctrine of the faith, which is in charge of, oh my gosh, the, the, the apartment belonged to the person in charge of tackling clerical sexual abuse. Like, you can't make that shit up. When police showed up, they found drugs and a group of men engaged in sexual activity. Wow, oh, dude. With the drugs, too. That's like, you can't make that up, man. And he was a, um, reports in Italy claimed the occupant is allegedly the secretary to a cardinal who is a key aide to the 80-year-old pope. The, the best Jeez. news article I read had the, uh, the Pope facepalm meme, but without any words. It was just that picture of the Pope just straight <laughs> up facepalming. Oh, man. Uh, and, uh, I, like, I, think I honestly don't even know what to say. I don't. Well, and it's like, I'm not like, dude, they don't know what to say either. <laughs> like, right. the dude was immediately fired, and, and the Pope is just like, WTF. <laughs> like,. Oh lord! I mean, and the the thing with stuff like that is, that's the only one that got caught, right? 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 It that is not a one off, like oh, I can uh, this came out of left field, you guys. If you have an office for clerical sexual abuse, like it's a problem. It's such a problem yeah. that you have. Jeez. Oh. I mean, and here's the thing: is like you don't you don't just like jump right into to orgies. drug field gay orgies. What are you talking about, man? Right. I fell in I one of those last week. I feel like you kind of warm up to that. You yes. know what I mean? Like this is not the first time that 
some scandalous shit went down in that office. <laughs> you gotta warm up to it. What's what's first? Like ice cream and an Adderall with like one guy? Yes. And then what's second? Chocolate syrup ice cream. I don't Ooh, fucking know. Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> and I mean this is it's not like this isn't funny, but it's it, this is like this is I don't know what is it? I don't know. It's just uh, like I mean, when we're slapped in the face with such, like, crazy hypocrisy, it's hard not to, like, laugh and be shocked and all of that stuff. It's Yeah, that, that literally is, is just, is, is that, ugh, I don't know. That's just pure, yeah. I, it's not even irony, I guess. It's just pure, unadulterated hypocrisy. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, like, no matter where you stand on uh, gay affirming, not gay affirming, whatever, accepting, where it doesn't, like, we're talking about a a drug fueled orgy that certainly is not biblical <laughs> i mean if it is it's not it's like in the sodom and gomorrah biblical you know style. you know yeah exactly i was gonna go an interesting side note but back to uh my nephilim theory the sodom and the sin of sodom and gomorrah was they wanted to bone angels not men they wanted the angel booty uh, that, that was their sin that was the stra- that was the strange flesh Oh, I see. I see. So that lead, yeah. Anyway, well, that'll be a whole other rabbit hole. We'll, That's right. We'll have a. We will have. We a ne- still a ne- need to have our nephilim slash bigfoot slash conspiracy theory. We're going episode. to. I just want to get my shit together because I've heard so many different interviews and podcasts where like the 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 view is just not presented like concisely and like accurately. And I, I want to really try to like just break it down, just matter of factly. You know, matter, yeah, matter of factly, because... tell you about the angels that had sex with women and, and produced giants. You know, because it's it's easy, it's really easy. Right? Yeah. I, <laughs> and I, the, I'm sure the reason that it can't be done that way is because you have to make some leaps. Like there's some leaps that you have to make to to get to there. Well, not even that. It, it, it's just like the people. Every interview I've heard with like even the the good authors in the field, they don't give them a chance to just like without rebuttal, just like lay out your case. It's like they'll get hung uh, up on the first thing and then just spend the entire thing just debating like one little thing. It's like okay, that. let me hear what you're what you're presenting in all its entirety first. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, all right. This anyhow, I wanted to hit up. I had a debate with this guy um, a while a while ago on a Facebook mm-hmm. group. Mm-hmm. Do you think anything in this life matters without eternity, heaven or hell, just an afterlife? Does of course. what you do here matter? You say, of course. of course. I say, yes, absolutely not. Why, why do you say, of course? So if there's no eternity, have you never lived in the moment? I mean, well, here okay. and now means means things. Well, here here's my right? so like for instance, for instance, I had a moment Fourth of July. Um, I my sponsor from the West Coast is in town. Shoutouts to Jerry. What's up, Jerry Bear? Jerry Bear. He, he's in town. Um, he, you know, one of my best friends, Jonathan, came over with his son, who's my son's best friend. We grilled. We had the whole family thing and. We're shooting off these huge fireworks and in front of our driveway and I looked down and it, it was like that that opening scene in Sandlot with the Fourth of July. Do you know what I'm talking about? The Fourth of July 
block party is just like fucking magical. And, and for that brief moment, that glimpse, I was in the moment and I understood. And I was like, this is what life is about here now enjoying this with my children. Right. So if you're telling me that that doesn't fucking matter, I call bullshit, sir. Well, here, let me shatter. Let me let me shatter your American dream. Okay. But then <laughs> uh-huh. you will die and you will forget that memory. So did it ever even exist? And how could it matter? If there's no... Because it mattered to me in that moment. How could you can't just negate you can, that? You, you can, though, without memory no. of it. How can you not? It's like eventually there is... Because in the moment it means even if I forget, even if I forget it tomorrow, in that moment it still mattered to me. In that moment (sighs) is everything. In that moment was love and joy and peace and God. But it will. Okay, well, I guess yeah. Okay, I can. I see what you're getting at. I still would would suggest though that like, there's no last like in the grand scheme of things other than moment to moment fulfillment it means nothing like there's no and the argument they did on facebook gave was i want to like because I, I was like well this is this is kind of what i was getting at he was like i want to make the world a better place for my kids and i was like why so they can grow up and die and make a better world for their kids so they can grow up and die and it's all forgotten everything is just forgotten you were forgotten the memory well i'm forgotten. not making i'm not making the legacy argument i'm saying that being in here and now is important and valuable if well do you not think do you not think you would if if it is if the here and now is penultimately valuable do you not think you would do things differently i'm not saying it's penultimately valuable i'm saying it's valuable well if there was no eternity do you think it would be the ultimate value that's interesting like what would be i don't know yeah yeah, maybe maybe yeah, I would say yes. It would be. It would be. I also believe that there's an eternity. So that's. Oh yeah, me too. That's... But the, it would be the ultimate value is to live here and now, happy, and peaceful, and fulfilled. Yeah. I can be fulfilled now. I don't have to wait to for heaven. Oof. I don't. Well. Yeah. You, well, we can be temporarily, and, temporarily, and fulfilled. I'll be, and I'll be, and it will be way more fulfilled, and like all of those things beyond my wildest imagination, like yada yada, all that stuff. But, and we've had this conversation before too. I have always been more about, yeah, heaven's great, but like I want to be happy and joyous and free now. Like I want to live that life that God wants me to live now. I want to I I want to be fulfilled and in God's presence now. Hmm. And it's That's... possible and I get glimpses of it and sometimes I get like longer stretches of it, right? So yeah. like I know it's a thing and I know it's not bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I I Yeah, I agree with that. And that's yeah, I guess that's just the ultimate question. Yeah, I guess it's the uh the age old question of like what are we here for and like what is cuz obviously this is for something and it's not just a waiting room oh I you guess, mean uh yeah yeah um our our, our physical existence or whatever but yeah oh that's damn it right i wasn't expecting that answer i was hoping you were going to take the same position as the dude in the group so i could be like <laughs> 
But he he well he never <laughs> let's just let's just play with that for a second though he never understood what I was saying because he kept just saying like it will matter to my kids in the future and I was like their future doesn't mean shit your kids are you're all gonna die <laughs> like it means nothing dude because I, I always I guess it's I because I just cannot understand that worldview of if you don't I guess because I'm just not wired that way if you don't <laughs> if you truly believe there's no God and there's nothing after then why the fuck do you do anything that you do and I, it's I don't know yeah it- there is like so atheists do have real fulfill i mean like they do do good things for other people and feel good about it mm-hmm. i mean we're still there's so biologically we and so our brain is wired to do good things for other people so that we can all survive and we get good feelings from that so if you're going from right, purely yeah. biological thing like Right, right, right. Humans do good things and live good lives to feel good. Well, then that's why, like, don't feed me a load of, don't, if you're going, I feel like if you're going to buy into that worldview, you got to go all in and don't give me some bullshit about, like, I'm doing it for the greater good. You're doing it to survive better better in a social herd is, like, why you're doing it. In a it. sense, in a sense, they are doing it for the greater good, but the reason they're doing it for the greater good is so that they individually can feel better about yes. that. Yes, yeah, so they can, if, if you're going to, that's, that's a, Philip Yancey made a great, this is, like, my favorite point about, like, Everyone's well, like when a national. This is kind of different, kind of the same. When a national, like when a like a natural disaster, like a tsunami hits, everyone is quick to be like, "Where's mm-hmm. your god now?" But no one is saying like, "Well, in a universe of random chance, what what else should we expect?" Like this is just right. This is run of the mill. Like what do we expect to happen? But instead, it's like, "Where's your god in this?" And it's like, "Well, where you know this is if this is science, then this is what happens." Like so, what you know? Anyway, that's a that's a lovely. Um, edifying conversation <laughs> we just had. We like to leave That's you right. We just like to leave you filled with joy and talking about tsunamis and eternity. We'd like to encourage your walk. We would love to encourage your walk. I'm like, I want to be the Christian Nike Fitbit for you. You like that? That's right. We're uh, we we're gonna be that. your Christian. I should. It's just like. <laughs> Ten it's more all, steps to Jesus. Boop boop. <laughs> it's all right before you eat. Boop boop. Did you say grace? Yeah, that dude. <laughs> that would. Oh, yeah, dude. Because I make my I made my uh, sponsee do that because he was telling me he doesn't remember to pray and I sat there and I was like I'm gonna watch you set three alarms on your phone right now. Like it's easy. Do it. Right. That, that that would be a good idea, bro. Sh- that's the 2017 WWJD bracelet. Yeah, it's we a prayer app. Thank you. Uh, copyright. Church copyright of Drugs. J and J. 2017. Patent. 2K17. 2K17. Thanks, guys. Peace. See you on the flip flop. Jay said that, and I really like it. I'm gonna say it every time now. You can't steal that. You can't have that. See, See you on, on the, the flip flop. Sign my pity on the runny kind. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how the cookie crumbles. And that's. <laughs>